Thank you for joining us for Focus on the Bible, episode 31. Today's episode is about the serpent on the pole and what it represents. John 3.16 is the most popular verse worldwide in the Bible. More people can quote that verse than any other verse, and more people have that as their life verse circled in their Bible than any other. Mama taught me that verse when I was five years old on the way to our little church plant. I was in the back seat, she in the front, and she taught it to me. Maybe I didn't fully understand it, but I could quote the verse to you, but it's become a lifelong favorite verse of mine. But what do you do with John 3.14? As I began to actually read the Bible myself, and I came to this verse, two verses in front of my beloved John 3.16, I didn't have the first clue what it meant. Let me read that for you. John 3.14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I didn't have the foggiest notion of what this serpent was that Moses had that was in the wilderness. But I know now, and I'll be so glad to tell it to you today as we focus on the Bible. Let's talk about this. In Numbers chapter 21, Moses is in trouble. He's led these two million Jews out into the wilderness and they have begun to have some problems. They're having manna every day of the week to eat. They're running low on water supplies sometimes, and the people miss all those great veggies that they used to have in Egypt. It seems the people have forgotten all about the fact that in Egypt for 400 years they were kept in slavery. They've forgotten the bad times. They only remember those good cucumbers and the melons and all that that they had in Egypt. And they've begun to grumble and complain, which is what people are very good at doing. But Moses was up against the wall in Numbers chapter 21, and God was not happy with those people. Here's the story as it happened. Numbers 21, beginning in verse number 5, the Bible says, And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, but we've spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. 
That story from Numbers chapter 21 is what John 3.14 is all about. Now you'll know the backstory whenever you read that passage of Scripture. Because the people were grumbling against God, not showing any thankfulness at all that God had rescued them from 400 years of slavery, God became upset with them and sent them fiery serpents. You might think that's very hard. You might think that's too harsh that God would do such a thing. But friend, do you know today that because God sent that serpent among those people, there are millions of people who understand why Jesus died on a cross better than they could have ever understood it before. That serpent has become an international symbol for something. And today, we find that out as we focus on the Bible. As the people were dying by the scores out in that wilderness from these fiery serpents that were crawling all over their camp, they finally had an attitude adjustment that they sorely needed. Moses, please pray for us because now we know we've sinned against God and against you. And as Moses prayed then, God instructed Moses what to do about the problem of the death by fiery serpents. Moses, you take molten brass and you craft for yourself a serpent and put that serpent on a pole and lift it up among the people. Don't you know maybe when God first told Moses to build that serpent, maybe Moses thought, Lord, don't we have enough serpents as it is without adding one more? in the camp but this serpent will be different he'll be a brass serpent on a pole he'll never condemn anyone to die but because of that brass serpent many people who would have died are going to live now just tell the people Moses that if they're bitten by the serpent just look at the serpent just one look of faith at that serpent and that person will be delivered from death by snake bite. Don't you know those people would have been so glad to be redeemed from snake bite like that and by the scores they did. And can you imagine around the campfires of Israel many a night after that how that grandpa would sit around and tell those grandchildren how one day out in that wilderness, Grandpa was bitten by a fiery serpent as they crawled in the camp. But Grandpa was delivered by one look at that brass serpent hung up on that pole by Moses, God's man, to deliver. Could you imagine that grandfather showing his grandchildren the snake bite scars down on his ankle as he told about how he was delivered by just one look at that serpent? Well, that's the story that Jesus brought Nicodemus to as Nicodemus came to him by night in John chapter 3. Nicodemus that night would have been wearing a, a nice robe, a holy looking outfit, but Jesus took one look at him and knew this man must be born again. Friend, you and I are snake bit by sin. We're all like Nicodemus. We may dress it up on the outside, we may try and speak in fancy ways, but on the inside, we're like dead men's bones. 
We've been bitten by our own serpents of sin. And because of that, we are slated for death. Our condemnation has already been written, and we richly deserve it. This was sin of our own choosing. We did it. We are guilty. And maybe for some of us, we need an attitude adjustment just to come to face the truth. I've sinned against God. And God has an answer for us today. Jesus reminded Nicodemus of the time Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. Now we have to do Bible study to know that story. But I can tell you, Nicodemus would have known that story. You see, he was a master of Israel. He was, as they say, a religious man. He sat on the ruling body of Israel. He was very respected. And in the cobwebs of his memory, he would have known that story from the law of Moses in Numbers 21. And now Jesus draws a direct connection to that serpent of Moses and to Jesus himself. He says in verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that just as those people were bitten by the snakes in the wilderness, one look of faith at the serpent on the pole would deliver them from death. In the very same way, God is going to put me on a pole. I will be lifted up among men, and whosoever believeth in me will live. Is the gospel really that simple? Friend, it really is that simple. How hard is it to look at a snake on the pole believing that you'll be delivered? How hard really is it to believe in Jesus Christ to deliver us from the penalty of our sin? The Bible calls us to do nothing more than to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll never be saved by the things that we do to earn God's favor. We'll never be saved by churchy things like walking forward in a meeting or praying a sinner's prayer. By the way, no preacher in the Bible ever led a person to pray what we call the sinner's prayer. It's never found in the Bible. What you find in the Bible when God wants a person to be saved is God calls the person's attention to Jesus Christ lifted up on the cross. And God calls sinners to look at Jesus Christ believing that that Savior dying for sin, rising from the dead, will deliver everyone who trusts in Him. That's the great news of this favorite Bible verse of millions of people in the world. The secret is the one thing to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And believing in Christ guarantees anyone the promise of God that everlasting life will be their present possession when they believe in Jesus. The international symbol all over the world for where you can find first aid has become a snake on a pole. 
You might look around the next time you go into a drugstore, the next time you visit the pharmacy, look around and you'll see it, either in a picture form or a carving, or in some way that international symbol will be looking right at you. And I hope that any time you see that international symbol for first aid, you'll remember that God has given us a worldwide symbol for where we can look to be saved into eternal life. And that's at none other than his only son who was hung up on a pole, a cross, on top of a hill called the place of a skull, where Jesus died to pay the price for our sin. Freddie, is being saved really that simple? Well, friend, I'm not in charge of what's simple or what's difficult, but I can tell you that being saved is just like that. It happens in a moment in time when a person believes in Jesus Christ to save them. There's nothing else Jesus tells Nicodemus to do. There's no place where Nicodemus is supposed to confess all his sins. Aren't you so glad for that? Friend, we don't even know all of our sins. There's no place where Moses, where there's no place where Nicodemus is supposed to pay for all his sin. There's no offering taken. There's no prayer to be prayed. There's no place in the story where Jesus tells Nicodemus to promise God that he'll try harder or do better in the future. No, it's all based on the one who goes up on the cross, who paid a price for all that sin. God honors that offering of the body of Jesus Christ still today in the promise of the most famous verse in the whole Bible. That friend, if you'll believe in Jesus, you'll have eternal life and you can know it right now, today, before you ever die and stand before God. And you have that promise in the Bible right now. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. You can write to us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. To learn more about our ministries, you can also visit our website online at www.freddycoyle.org. Again, that's www.freddiecoyle.org. You can also check out our youth camp online at gracefarmonline.com to see what we're doing for today's youth. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our podcast account is focus underscore pod. And our Youth Camps account is Grace Farm Info. We hope you'll join us again so we can see you in the next episode of Focus on the Bible.